0: This is the brisnet.com call-in show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRN. That's 888-966-4776. Now here's Bobby Newman and James Scully
1: brisnet.com call-in show here on the horse racing radio network i'm bobby newman along with james scully it's your hour hrrn nation to call in and talk about whatever you'd like in the world of thoroughbred racing the number to get in is 888-966-4776 888-966-hrrn james before we get to the phones first of all welcome my friend i want to get your take on on three races that happened last weekend, the Rebel at Oaklawn, the Saudi Derby, and the Saudi Cup.
2: Hey, well, good evening, Bobby. Always a pleasure to be on. Um, are you there? Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you fine, my friend.
2: All right. Uh, I'll just start with the Rebel, the Timberlake. Um, I don't think Timberlake, you know, faced like the the deepest field, but he could only take on the runners that showed up, and I thought he got the job. Done in, in in solid fashion. He went w- real wide and you know he he basically drew clear to win by a couple lengths And uh I thought it was a couragey comeback effort. He's gonna have to keep moving forward, but it was a solid performance. In the uh Saudi Derby, uh Forever Young, I mean it took him forever to get going, but what he once he did he kicked in late, he he reeled in book and who was in real good form and real good at one turn. And won that race by uh, a nose. Obviously, the thing with him uh, and the announcers on the TV, on the at least the ADW broadcast talked about it was is kickback you know uh, the jockey took it way wide in that race and we'll see in the uh, uae derby if he gets in behind horses he can handle kickback better than you know they just weren't going to take any on saturday but you know he's obviously a talented horse uh forever young and then in this in the saudi uh saudi cup i mean that was a thrilling race i mean i thought of just a fantastic finish and kudos uh, senor buscador he got the job done i mean He's really stepped up in his last two performances, finishing a neck or a head or a neck second to National Treas- Treasure and the Pegasus, and then re- reeling in um, uh, Ushba Tazoro and, and Saudi Crown. Uh, Saudi Crown ran a huge race on the lead. Ushpa Tesoro caught him in deep stretch, and then Senor Buscador nailed him at the wire. So I thought that was a, that was a really good race, right. and uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, if, um, it, you know, we'll see if uh, Senor Buscador and uh, Ushpa Tesoro can carry their form forward in the, in the uh, Dubai World Cup next month.
1: Talking about Timberlake and Forever Young, the winners of the Rebel and the Saudi Derby respectively, if you had to pick one of those two, which one do you like better for the Kentucky Derby? Now, I'm, now, I'm t- not. Let, let's not keep in, I'm not talking about points because Timberlake has enough points to get in and, and Forever Young has no points right now. He has to finish first or second in the UAE Derby to qualify. But let's just both say that, let's say they're both in the Kentucky Derby.
2: Well, I—I I mean, you know, I—I I mean, right now, you know, I think the—the the kickbacks a concern uh, for sure, but I, I think Forever Young, so perhaps the more talented in the, individual, but he still has a lot to prove, uh, and, and you know, so it, I, I could see going either way with it. I mean, if you're going to ask me, I'll take the better horse, perhaps uh, uh, in that scenario. But, um, you know, he's got to run, he's got to get in behind horses and show he could take it. They made a good point in that broadcast, you know, when Mendelssohn, uh ran dead last after winning the Saudi Derby by open lens in record time, uh, they asked Ryan Moore what happened and he said, kickback. If your horse can't take kickback, they can't run in the Kentucky Derby. So that was a concern kept watching that Saudi Derby. He, you know, the jockey just kept him so wide uh, after the very beginning where he was got in behind horses, he was just like got right out behind it, so we'll see if he keeps progressing.
1: Yeah, he he also didn't change leads the entire last three furlongs of the race, and to me, he looked like he just hated it out there, and still somehow was able to reel in Bookham Dano, who, let's face it, with a with a hundred yards to go, he was long gone, and yeah. uh, I I don't think it was Bookham Dano stopping. I think Forever Young just. Uh, he's that talented that despite all the stuff that was going against him and him not enjoying it out there, he was still good enough to win. Um, I'm not sure a mile is what he wants either. I think he'd, he'll appreciate extra ground. it would be interesting yeah. to see uh, what happens next in the UAE Derby. And then if he wins the UAE Derby, I would, I'm would i really going to be intrigued to see what kind of odds he is going to be in Kentucky. Not to say that I'm picking or not picking him, but – you know, the, the Japanese runners are getting much more respect from the American bettors now than they did even five years ago. Um, they've had so much success in Breeders' Cup races, and we see these telecasts time and time again with these Saudi races and these Dubai races and, and uh, races other parts of Europe where these Japanese-based runners are just winning left and right, that an undefeated Japanese-based runner going into the Kentucky Derby I think will get some play.
2: Yeah, he is I mean 100% legitimate over there. I mean, if he keeps on progressing like you said and runs uh and wins the UAE Derby and comes to Churchill Downs, I think he will be by far the most formidable Japanese horse and I'm I'm not saying he'll be able to overcome everything and and win the race, but, you know, Dermot Sadegake was third in that race last year, the um, uh, Saudi Derby, and then he won the UAE Derby, and uh, I think Forever Young's a, a better horse at this point than he was.
1: All right, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. While we have a little bit of time right now, James, we have so many big races coming up this weekend that I really want to start picking your brain on some of these big cards. And we'll start with the monster card that takes place on Saturday at Gulfstream Park, of course, highlighted by the Fountain of Youth. Before we get to that, um, where, what track is your best bet of the weekend at this year? This my,
2: uh, 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 my best bet is coming this weekend at Gulfstream and I am going to do it in an undercard stake. I mean, they obviously have the uh, Fountain of Youth, which is a dynamite race with uh, Dornick uh, locked. And, and there's some other nice horses in there as, as, as well. And then you have the uh, Devona Dale uh, for Phillies. That, that's a Kentucky Oaks uh, qualifier and obviously has uh, Jess FYI, the champion two-year-old Philly, coming back. But she's got to beat a couple of nice rivals for sure in there. And we'll see if she's ready. But I, I, I landed on the uh, Mac D'Armada, uh, Bobby, for my uh, pick of the weekend. It's number seven, Tawny Port. This is a, a five-year-old who um, opened his career, just really ran big on the uh, synthetic track at Turfway Park. The uh, Topeta won two in a row and then ran second in the uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes. And after that, he competed uh, exclusively on dirt until last summer he was uh, transferred to um Christoph Coman, and he won the John's call, call stakes in his second start he he ran second in the Cape Hill Open at uh, Delaware Park and then he ran fifth in the in the Sycamore Keelan, but I thought that was a good effort. he was in position just came up a little bit short. I think he's going to improve at five. I think he's really going to move forward off of those experiences last year. And I don't think the competition is that formidable in this race. You have main event that's going to show speed. Tawny Port showed good tactical speed last year. I think he'll sit right behind him and uh, pounce in the stretch. So I'm going with number seven, Tawny Port, 6-1 to one in the Dermida on Saturday at Gulfstream.
1: All right. And by the way, I think they call it McDermida all right <laughs> and, and, you, you know i mean I, i've been here in south florida for so long and i don't even know if that's right i've just that's what i've been told all along it, it, i may be given the wrong information but i've been calling it MacDermida ever since you know the old gulfstream park when uh joe tannenbaum who was the publicity director there for many many years told me it was the MacDermida. so uh if, yeah, if he's not, right, I'm, definitely I'm right. Definitely
2: taking your word for it. You're a South Florida guy, so I, yeah. Concerned. Well, I'm
1: not really. I'm for 25 years. I'm a South Florida guy, but uh, <laughs> um, so all right. So Tawny Port, your best bet of the weekend in the McDermott race number seven. Back to the Fountain of Youth, though. Um, I had mentioned this on the previous show. I thought going two weeks ago, the field we saw for the Risen Star was easily the best field of three-year-olds that we had seen. To that point this year, I am going to say that this field in the fountain of youth is now the best field of three-year-olds we've seen thus far this year.
2: I Yeah, that, I think that's fair. I think that, uh, you know, really exciting to see Locke come back. I, you know, I don't know if this mile is 16 distance and, you know, he's got to be some nice horses. But I want to see him at least uh, uh, run well. Uh, obviously, Dornick uh major's full brother and uh, winner of the remsen over Sierra Leone, making his first first start back for Danny Gargan. But you have a speakeasy who looks like an, a talented colt for Todd Pletcher. He was entered on, on a Friday allowance, but he's going to scratch out of that and run in the fountain of youth. Uh, he's thrown at the rail off of a really fast seven furlong long maiden win on January 27th victory Avenue uh, ran second to a, um, um, uh speakeasy but he's in there and he's going to add to the pace i think make it difficult on dornick and then um you you have a couple others like uh, real macho coming off an allowance win frankie's empire coming in and off a win in the swale and uh yeah it's a really exciting field i think bobby and and should be a heck of a race
1: all right yeah interested to watch it's a it's a mega stakes card on Saturday at Gulfstream Park. Of course, James's best bet of the weekend takes place uh, middle of the card, race number 7, 2.15 Eastern Time, the Grade 2 Mac Dermot, along on the turf, a mile and three-eighths the distance. And then you have to wait about 18 hours to get to the Fountain of Youth. Well, not <laughs> quite 18 hours, but uh, your best bet is in race number 7, and the Fountain of Youth is race number 14, which goes basically four hours later, at uh, 6.10 Eastern time. Uh, boy, uh, that's, uh, it's getting – when does Daylight Savings start again?
2: I think it's uh, the week after. I mean, it's yeah, coming so up soon Yeah, so they're, they're pushing it. 6.10 – I
1: mean, it's 6.10 right now, and I'm looking outside, and um, they, they better hope there's no clouds. It's going to be dark-ish if there are clouds at 6.10 Eastern time, and, of course, Gulfstream Park does not race – Under the lights, and uh, they are hoping for uh, beautiful weather. And so far, the forecast says that it is going to be beautiful weather out at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. All right, Uh, we are going to take our first break. Phone lines are open if you'd like to call in. 888 966 4776 is the number. When we come back, maybe pick uh, James's brain a little bit about the big Gotham card on Saturday at Aqueduct. They also have the Big cap card, which is now going to take place on Sunday, drawn at San Anita Nisos. Going to run in the uh, San Felipe in a field of five as well. Should be a fun weekend around the country. This is the Brisnet.com call in show on
0: HRRN. This is the Brisnet.com call in show. The phone lines are open. Call, call now 888 966 HRRN. That's 888 966 4776.
3: Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips Plus, Sire stats were only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com/apr. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why Brisnet is the handicapper's edge.
4: The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred stakes racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And, of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's Best Bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details.
2: Race to Twin Spires where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Voidware prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. You must be 18 or older, 21
0: and older, or applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on HRRN. Mike Pena brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing, featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders. Plus, exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. The Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. This is the Brisnet.com call in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888 966 HRRN. That's 888 966 4776.
1: Welcome back. Brisnet.com call in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, James Scully, you're our HRRN nation. Call in and talk about whatever you'd like in the world of thoroughbred racing. Number to get in, 888-966-4776. Let's get out to the phones. Tom in St. Louis, welcome to the show, my friends. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Tom.
5: Hey, three qu- quick questions. Number one, in looking at knock comments on his past performance, how does it not in there, say, hit the rail at some point? I was amazed when I looked at that last night. And, you know, I remember seeing the race and seeing that he hit the rail and was just amazed that it was on there. And I don't know if it's, you know, if there's one set of comments and the race caller, not race caller, but race charter just has that autonomy or if there's anybody that proofreads that or if it was just one of those things that, hey, maybe the charter didn't think it made that much of a difference. But how do they determine something like that? I guess would be my first question.
1: All right, what are your other two?
5: Hmm. Okay, second question. I looked at the Philly that Lucas had that win had never been two terms, and had only, only worked five furlongs at one time, and knew that horses missed, you know, training for a period of time in Oakland. Any sign just as a handicapping way that someone would have been able to say, hey, maybe here's a horse that could do this and look good? I mean, I'm not a I'm not a bloodlines person, but is there any other thing like, you know, signal that, hey, I really messed up, messed up and there's no bigger Lucas fan than myself? And that's when I just kicked myself on just that I didn't throw into multi-race tickets because it wouldn't have cost me much more for the multiple. And then the third question, and, and Bobby, this is for you, and I don't want to go too far or don't want to offend, so if I go too far, just tell me to shut up. But I see a horse named Facenda that's on the card. I think it's at at Aqueduct. I assume it's named after the old NFL films guy John Facenda. From the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. And I I don't want to ask too much because I'm always fascinated what race callers do, but how much leeway do you have Two questions. Number one, how much leeway do you have as far as to how you make that call? For instance, if that horse was winning by three, could you bust into a John Facenda, you know, imitation if that's who the horse was named after? And then number two, is it almost kind of, you know, like hey, maybe a lot of people wouldn't get this, so I, I don't, you know, say that. I don't say that joke, but it would be there and people would, you know, appreciate it. And I, like I said, I don't really want to ask too many questions or offend because I like our relationship and calling in and things like that. But I've often just wondered that,
1: and those are my three. Appreciate the call, Tom. All right, so we're going to try to answer all three of them. Let's start with the Dornick past performances, James, and uh, we all saw what Dornick did in the stretch uh, of the of the Remsen, and the answer I think to James's uh, to uh, Tom's question is there no there isn't a proofreader that the chart. Caller slash chart writer sometimes some you know, depending on where the track is sometimes there's somebody who calls the charts to somebody who writes the charts and somebody sometimes depending on the size of the track it's one person who does both they they call the charts into a into a tape recorder and then they go and look at replays and they type everything after but no past that there's nobody proofing it or editing it or whatever it's it's their call and they usually whether they think it affected anything or not. Put everything that they saw into the charts. In fact, I would think you would agree with this, James. uh More often than not, we'll see trouble lines for stuff that wasn't a big deal in the charts. We're, you know, talking about bumped or steadied at the start. Were you watching as like, ah the, bumped slightly, really didn't affect anything? But you know, the the chart the chart writer put it in there.
2: Sure, and yeah, I mean his. Comment line doesn't mention that, and not only that, it says headed, and you know Sierra Leone ran like by and by like a length, <laughs> and then he like re rallied dramatically to to nail him late. So yeah, it is a little bit misleading, but you you can't count on those comments though to uh, uh, you know uh, you know as the as the Bible or gospel of uh, you know what perhaps any trouble that a horse experienced in a race.
1: Uh, His second question regarded the Lucas Philly lemon muffin that broke her maiden in the grade three honeybee this past Saturday at Oaklawn Park at odds of 28 to one. I don't know how you come up with that one, uh, Tom. I wish I had a better idea. Maybe James does, uh, because unless I hit the all button, I can't have that one.
2: Yeah, that's what I think, too. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, she was stretching out to two turns off of. four consecutive runner-up finishes in sprints. So she hadn't been running terribly, but, I mean, that was an enormous um, jump forward seemingly in form. But it also, I also think it certainly didn't flatter the rest of that honeybee field. I mean, West Omaha ran third at, at odds on, and it was like a gap. I mean, what, Lemon Monthly won by like three, at least three lengths, and then that filly that ran second, Tappa Janali, Uh, She was a big price, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if she can carry her form forward. But she's a long way from being as good as Secret Oath was at this point. And, uh, you know, if she can back it up, then, yeah, I'll give her respect. But right now I'm a little bit dubious. Regarding
1: uh, what Tom asked about third and announcers having kind of free reign or not. To uh, get a little bit creative with names, he was talking about uh, Facenda that's running at Aqueduct. I mean, you can remember horses like the Tom Durkin called, where he he was uh, there was a horse named Enrico Palazzo and uh, from Naked Gun fame, and he somewhere in the stretch, hey, hey look, it's Enrico Palazzo, or he's you know calling R coming down the lane uh, in a race uh, in New York a few years back. I think most announcers have free rein as long as they don't overdo it and make it a regular thing where they're uh, narrow casting and, uh, you know, making it more about them than the race, then it's okay to do it on a very rare occasion. I can tell you this. uh, I got the job at Thistledown in 1996 calling the races. And it it was either my first or second day in the booth, James, and there was a horse named Little Peter, which immediately is something that, you know, (laughs) you can either be very careful with or very creative with. And, uh, of course, it, it was like a mile race. They're starting right in front of us. And little, they were having trouble loading Little Peter into the starting gate, and it was taking minutes. And I have my hand on the microphone button, and I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. do I do it? I, ju- I mean, I just got this job. I don't know what the lay of the land – you know, this is su- such low-hanging fruit. And I click the button. Little Peter won't go in, and I turn it off. And – The people that were on the apron just started busting up laughing, you know, and I didn't get in any trouble. It was it is what it is. I said what was happening. I didn't say a bad word or anything like that, but I couldn't pass it up. But uh, no, Uh, long story short, Tom, announcers pretty much have free reign, I think, as long as they don't make it a habit. You know, uh, every now and then, I mean, we had a horse named Glenn Gary that won a couple times at Prairie Meadows last summer. And I, you know, recited some line from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, as he was drawing away down the lane in one of the races. And the owners actually loved it. So uh, thanks for your call, Tom. Appreciate it. All right, let's go back out to the phones. Chris in New Jersey. You got Bobby and James on the brisnet.com calling show. Bobby and James, happy leap year. How you guys doing? Hey, buddy. How are you? doing very well
6: thank you
7: um looking forward to a real good weekend of racing obviously and i'm really interested to see four horses run the first one i'd be interested to get a little feedback from you guys because sometimes i can go off the reservation and dive head first into the cliff off the cliff but every once in a while i can i can make a couple dollars the first one is race eight at aqueduct the stymie I'm really excited to see Petulante run. Um, back I'm a mammoth guy and I remember back in June of last year that horse was a nice score for me and won a real race that turned out to be a key race in that there were real race horses in that race. There was Nimitz class who went came back and won a you know, a stake at, at parks and then was invited to run in the Pegasus and actually did run in the Pegasus and didn't embarrass himself. That's a hard knocking horse. You also had Timberlake who came back and won the grade two Clark for Vicky Oliver. And you had Octane who two weeks ago actually won the Razorback, the grade three Razorback (laughs) excuse me, at uh, Oaklawn. And Petulante beat them all. It was a professional race. And I kept thinking And watching, when is this Petulante going to run back? When is he going to run back? And I was really excited to see him. And obviously the trainer change to Dutro is intriguing. The only concern I have about the horse is I see he was a vet scratch from an allowance race a week ago. But if that horse is right um, and he runs, I mean, he's going to get whacked down because everyone's going to see Dutro and they're going to get crazy and think this is the next coming away to Barrio. But I'm really excited to see that horse run. And I'm not suggesting he's the next coming or white of barrio, but I'm saying that's a real racehorse. And I think he'll beat that Falcon horse in that race. Race 10, the Gotham, I'm really excited to see Deterministic run. Um, I'm a huge Joel guy, and Joel is coming into New York for one reason and one reason only. And I pretend to be a good handicapper, but I know my limitations. Ron Anderson's a better handicapper than me, Joel's agent. And Ron's got him on this horse. The horse had an impressive maiden win back at Saratoga. I went back and watched it. Horse is training great. And with all those Brad Cox's horses in there and a full field, anything can happen. And you might get every bit of the 9-2 on deterministic. And then on Sunday, obviously, I'm, enti- I'm excited to see what's potentially the best 3-year-old colt in the country run, NISOS. It's really refreshing to see a future wager for 3-year-olds that actually has all the best three-year-olds in the country in the future Mm -hmm. wager. There's the Pegasus future wager this week. Um, And, you know, as I look at it, and I don't want to get crazy, but this selective prosecution of Baffert baffles me. And, you know, to the people who want to wear bow ties and prance around, it's not going to matter. And the women in hats, it's not going to matter. But the gamblers and Real Horse fans, the best three-year-olds in the country are going to be running in the Preakness, and they're going to be running at Saratoga in the Belmont. And the, and the Churchill Downs in the Mind of Betters, I think, is going to lose luster. And you want to talk about a selective prosecution. You got Safi Joseph, who has two horses dropped dead the week of the Derby within 72 hours of each other in the prime of their lives in complete fitness, and they drop dead of a heart attack. And Safi Joseph can run 14 horses in the Kentucky Derby if he wants. And Bob Baffert can't run a horse for three years because he puts a cream on a horse to treat a rash. And then finally, the last horse I'm excited to see is the Santa Anita Handicap. I want to see that Brad Cox horse, Highland Falls, run. I mean, it's sad to see the Santa Anita Handicap. If you took away the history, the Big Cap, this would be a Grade three race. But... Uh, you know, the horse doesn't have any brilliance, Highland Falls. I watched the replays. But he could win this race, and I'm interested to see that horse run as well. Um, I'll hang up and listen to what you guys have to say, and uh, terrific show as always. All right,
1: appreciate the call, Chris. lot there on the plate, and you're, he's right, James. There's a lot of uh, interesting races and interesting horses to watch this week. He starts off uh, by talking about a horse that he hasn't seen in quite some time in Petulante, who is running in the stymie. Uh, he mentioned coming out of a big race, winning the Salvatore Maya. I think he said Timberlake instead of Trademark, coming back to win in his next start. But uh, you're right, Petulante, a horse going from Victor Barbosa to Dick Dutrow. Don't know what happened to this horse because he was working very fast for Barbosa uh, last fall and then was gone for a few months and uh, ended up I assume going to Dutro's barn, and uh, he's been working steadily basically since the end of December, early January for his return to the races. He's right, though, James. Petalante was, is a really exciting five-year-old, and uh, if he's ready to run, he'll be a, a tough customer on Saturday.
2: No doubt that Salvatore Mile. he had won a, uh, uh, I thought, a tough allowance. Uh, Bright Future was in there. That was a nice allowance on the uh, Derby Day undercard on May 6th. Two starts back. He's won three in a row, Petulante. Chris mentioned it, though. He was entered last Friday in an allowance race, and uh, that race, uh, uh, was uh, he, he was scratched. And I didn't know at the time it was a bad scratch, but it is, according to the uh, PP's. You know, there's a chance of rain. We'll see if he handles the mud. I mean, he's bred for it, but uh, he's never run on a wet track. But he is definitely very intriguing for Dutro. Uh, as far as deterministic, I mean, there's definitely a, a chance um, um, he could be good off of uh, in, in the comeback performance. But I, I think that that race. I mean, if you're talking about that Gotham field, yeah. I, for me, you got to start with just a touch. I mean, that colt has a big reputation for Brad Cox. Um, I know he caught a sloppy track in his debut on January 27th at Fairgrounds, but I think he would have crossed that field regardless of surface. And he ran real fast doing it. And he's continued to train forwardly. And um, to me, he's the horse to beat in there. And you know, um, if he gets another wet track, that would only help his chances.
3: Yeah, it
1: it should be a fun field in the Gotham. And uh, as far as uh, Baffert and Churchill, listen, I don't want to get too much into it. You are wrong about one thing, though, Chris. You mentioned Safi Joseph can run 14 horses in the Derby. Not last year, he couldn't. They made him scratch out of the Mm -hmm. Derby with Lord Miles when that horse, you know, and and it actually cost him White barrio because, uh, you know, Churchill wouldn't let him run horses there, and New York was taking the safe route and not letting him run horses. And I don't think the owners would have ever given the horse to Dutro taking him away from Safi Joseph, if not for uh, being barred temporarily uh, from running at Churchill Downs. Let's get one more call in before the break. Charles in Mississippi, welcome to the show, my friend.
8: I missed you at the Rebel last week.
1: How'd you do, my friend? That horse—I uh, know you were—I know you thought that horse couldn't get beat. Did you take four to five?
8: Uh, well, it, it it gave me the pick four and the, uh, the pick three, Bobby. And that octane, see, I had that octane and that and that cap magic. Pretty good, you know. When I called you Friday, they drowned me. You remember me calling you Friday on the bet, Bobby, show, uh, the first uh, bet show.
1: Believe me, I remember. You first, were looking for a, you were looking for a friendly voice.
8: They had given me the uh, cigarette and the blindfold, buddy. And they uh, they uh, and then Saturday the a couple of things at Oakland Park Friday and Saturday. Speed if all up, speed, 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 baby. And uh, if if you remember, the coach won the first race Saturday with Seize the Gray, paid thirteen sixty. I can't remember exactly the pennies, but he paid thirteen sixty. And uh Lemon Muffin, if you look at her form, he trained Lemon Muffin similarly to the same way he trained Secret Oak. I'm not saying because I hit that seven eight exactly, bottom. But what I, I'm telling you is, it was not when you looked at West uh, Omaha, and you know they bet her to even money. I believe it. I can't remember, but I believe it was close. I think it was even money. Her form is—I mean, she looked like a, a decent horse, and uh, I mean, she was laboring to get up to third. That Lemon Muffin—if you watched her run that race, man, I think she's going to be heard from. Okay, sometimes horses, that's why you bet horses. I mean, when you look at her form, she's, she's closing like Archie Bell in the drill in those races at Six Furlocks. And that's similar to the same way he trained Secret Oak. Uh, you know, it's been two years, but I'm, I am I just can remember being there. But uh, Oak Lawn last weekend was very speed-favoring, very speed-favoring. And... Uh, you know, it's just so you just have to see how the track is running. It, and McPeak's horse, the best horse I've seen over there all year long is that Mystic Band. And that Skelly, you know. But let me tell you what, the race of the weekend was Senior Buscador in the Saudi Cup, buddy. You talk about a race. Bobby. I I came with an eyelash of that senior buscador until a guy came. I was looking at my phone, and you know how you get these crazy guys who are touted? Bobby? I'm listening. You know how you get these crazy people that are tout, come on your phone, and he says, senior buscador is the best bet of the weekend, low shot bet of the weekend. You know, he's been, you know, $5 for the rest of my picks. So I said, hell, if that guy's got him, ain't no way. So, uh. But then I thought, did that guy, the question I got for you and Mr. Scully, and hello, Mr. Scully. The question I got for you, did the, the owner of Senior Booster or sell part of the horse to the uh, that guy from Saudi Arabia before the race?
1: So, so the deal was that he leased, he had a lease deal with that guy, and he leased a percentage of the horse, uh, before the race at a two race deal the Saudi Cup and the Dubai World Cup and uh, the guy gets to he said the guy gets to use his silks on the horse but uh, as far as I'm as far as I know uh, Joe Peacock Jr. is still the majority owner of the horse and it's his horse it's just leased, at least partly to this uh, Saudi guy for two races.
8: Well, that wasn't a bad lease job that Saudi gal pulled off of, what, $10 million? I mean, you uh, pay the trainer a million, you pay the jock a million, and you get a little piece of 8000000 million, don't you, Bobby?
1: I'm sure it uh, – listen, uh, it, was a, it was a good – probably a good safe play by Mr. Peacock to accept that offer, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be a good gamble by the uh, Saudi gentleman. Yeah. All
8: right, God. But, uh, uh, look, if I, I'm going tomorrow, Bobby, and if I start drowning, I'll, I'll leave and I'll give you a call and harass you, okay?
1: I appreciate it, pal. I, Have a great
8: weekend.
2: I, hey, uh, Bobby, too, I want to man. say real quick, it's fascinating how uh, Charles was watching Secret Oath train because that could be the only reference. Uh, she was working, like, the same distances or something uh, where you could compare her to Lemon Muffin, I mean. She was running at stakes as a two-year-old, secret oath. Uh, she was odds-on in the uh, Martha Washington and Honeybee and drilled them. And then she ran in the uh, Arkansas Derby and went off the 7-5 uh, to favorite. So, I mean, I-, I just think there's no comparison comparing those Phillies other than they were both trained by D. Wayne Lucas.
1: All right, uh, we got to take a break. Uh, When we come back, phone lines are open. Give us a call, 888 966 4776. Brisnet.com call in show on HRRN.
0: This is the Brisnet.com call in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888 966 HRRN. That's 888 966 4776.
3: Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then BristNet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. BristNet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnetcom slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips, plus side stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com APR the brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs the data plan is $125 per month visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge
2: There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races, dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track, and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Race to Twin Spires where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Voidware prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit twinspires.com. You must be 18 or older, 21 and older. where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow. Or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. This is the Brisnet.com call in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888 966 HRRN. That's 888 966 4776.
1: Welcome back. Brisnet.com call in show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, James Scully. Number to get in, 888 966 4776. James kind of specials are going on this week at Brisnet and Twin Spires.
2: Well, we have uh 3 Kentucky Derby qualifiers on Saturday, the Gotham and um uh, the um Found the Youth and the John Battaglia Memorial from Tarfoy Park and then on su- on Sunday we have the uh, uh San Felipe and we'll have uh watch Brisnet uh like uh, social media sites uh, on Twitter or X or facebook we'll have like links to free pps for those races as well as all the handicapping reports uh past performances and much much more at uh, brisnet.com handicapper's edge and then at Twit spires we've got some like we've got like more than 10 promos going on for multiple tracks we've got a terrific thing at goldstream we're going to give you a Fifteen prof, fifteen percent profit boost on winning, win bets, exactas, tries, and supers. We've got this five thousand dollar challenge at Turfway Park and Fairgrounds uh, for ten dollar win bets on the eight races that are selected, and we're just giving away five thousand dollars to everybody that has the most win bets. So, check those promos and more. Make sure you opt in at Twinspires.com.
1: Let's go back out to the phones. Pat in Hot Springs. You're on the brisnet.com call-in show.
8: Uh, hey, guys. That 11 uh, muffin was the clocker special uh, in terms of uh, picking horses prior to that honeybee. Uh, and secondly, um, I just want to make a comment about the fact that there were 46,000 people at the track at Oakwood on Saturday. I haven't heard much comment about that and I was wondering what the headcut is going to be at Aqueduct Stream and Santa Anita uh, and I enjoy the show and I listen every Thursday and Friday thank you
1: appreciate the call Pat yeah uh, you know you know uh, James uh, Hot Springs uh, and Oaklawn has been able to do what a lot of tracks aren't able to do these days and that is bring out a lot of uh, fans live on a regular basis, and especially when it comes to Arkansas Derby Day and to Rebel Day, Uh, if the weather is nice, uh, they go out there in droves, and it's, listen, almost 50,000 people at Oaklawn Park. It's not like it's – you know, super spacious and roomy, and most the most comfortable thing when you get that many people. But obviously, they open the infield up. Uh, they have great racing, and it's great to see the fans flocking out there uh, to see the great product that they put out. As far as uh, Lemon Muffin being the clocker special, I got to ask your opinion on that, James. If you know that a horse is working well, but your handicapping says I'm not interested in this horse one way or the other, what do you do?
2: Well, I mean, if I see it on paper, I might be a little bit more keen to disregard it. But if I could get Pat to uh, send me a text message t- t- telling me that Lemon Muffins the Conqueror special at Oakland on Saturday, and she's 28 to 1 on the board, I might be willing to at least throw a couple dollars to win on it based on that information. Uh, 46,000 people on Saturday. I mean, that's just, I mean, you know, Oakland Park, I've been there a more than 10 times the people celebrate racing there. It's an awesome experience. And, I didn't think the first two, uh, the last two big weekends, you know, for three-year-olds with the uh, Southwest and the uh, Rebel, uh, perhaps got the deepest fields, but they definitely had like some horses to come see, like Timberlake on Saturday. And look at that card. I mean, all those races had like 10 horses in it, had big, deep competitive fields, and uh, it was a good betting product. And and, and to answer his question, uh, no, I don't think, uh, I don't... I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I mean, Goldstream Park, it doesn't get many fans. Uh, and uh, but I don't know, you know, 46,000 Santa Anita Aqueduct and uh, Goldstream Caband, uh Bobby.
1: No, no.
2: Yeah. I mean, th- they'll have. They'll have plenty at Gulfstream.
1: It'll be, a, it'll be very busy there. Um, it's a facility where most of the people are inside, not outside, despite it being nice weather in South Florida most of the time in the winter. And they'll probably have, I don't know, 15,000 people, something like that at Gulfstream. It'll probably still be cool at Aqueduct. Uh, so I don't know how many people will go to the track there. And let's face it, Santa Anita moved big cap from Saturday to Sunday. They'll probably have about seven people in the grandstand. I, I will Sunday. say
2: Chris had asked earlier about, you know, one thing about the San Felipe. I was a little bummed to see like uh, four of the five runners be back from the uh, uh, Robert Lewis um, uh, nice host. I mean, just, you know, you expect him to absolutely look great once again, but I would like to see a deeper feel for Santa Derby and it will be fascinating with Highland falls. Uh, you have like, obviously that race is like a like a rubber match between new Grange and, uh, uh, new, new gate who have split the last two, uh, graded stakes for older horses out there, but they're going to have to deal with this Brad Cox shipper, uh, we'll see if uh, uh, reincarnate could turn it around a little bit as a four-year-old, also. So uh, it, it doesn't have like the real star uh, performers, but it, it's it, it, at least it has some uh, viable contenders in the big cap.
1: Before we go to our our final break, James, we talked a little bit about the Fountain of Youth. Uh, give us your Cliff's Notes editions of handicapping the San Felipe, the John Bataglia Memorial, and the Gotham, the other big three-year-old races this weekend.
2: Well, I mean, <clears throat> to me, in the in the in the Gotham, you know, I'm I'm looking at a, those first la There's a, a couple of last out maiden winners, two or three of them, in fact, and and I just think just a touch. i I I think he's got a huge chance, chance to run well, so I don't see that really as a wagering opportunity of those races. I mean, I do think the Founding Youth is a good race. I just don't know if I have a real definitive opinion on who's going to win. I'm intrigued by this Speakeasy, but granted, it's not going to be you know, it's not it's going to be a difficult task, but, uh, he ran fast and looked good and he looks the part to me, but, uh, I think the, uh, John Battaglia Memorial came up as a good betting race because I think Epic Ride caught a short field in that Leonidas. Here's a colt that uh, was—he's—he's he's been fantastic at Turfway this winter, but he—he uh, he ran a huge number, winning his breaking his maiden at six furlongs, and he ran a lot slower stretching out to a mile. And I think he's vulnerable at a mile and a sixteenth distance, and he's going to be a real short price. So that's a race where. I, I think, you know, that you could make a case for the horse that ran second to him. Uh, there's a last out maiden winner in there that looks pretty good. And Bold at Midnight for Mick uh, Sr., uh, Blue Eyed George's Orser and Second Leonidas. And then Brad Cox has his Gettysburg address coming in there. And these constitutions run well on dirt and synthetics and everything, it seems. And in that course, you're going to have a big shot. So I think Epic Ride is vulnerable in the John Battaglia Memorial. And I'm going to fade him in there, Bobby.
1: All right. We are going to take our final break when we come back. Still time for some calls. So call in 888. 888- 966-4776 is the number brisnet.com call-in show on hrrn this
0: is the brisnet.com call-in show the phone lines are open call call now 888 966 that's
3: 888-966-4776 do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices then BristNet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. BristNet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnetcom slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at BristNet.com The BristNet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit BristNet.com for all this information and more and discover why BristNet is the handicapper's edge.
4: The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred stakes racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And, of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's Best Bet for fun and entertainment, Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details.
2: Race to Twin Spires where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Voidware prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. You must be 18 or older, 21 and older. where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each
3: week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Desert Wine. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM 207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented
0: by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776.
1: Welcome back. Final segment on tonight's edition of the brisnet.com call-in show. Bobby Newman, James Scully. Let's go back out to the phones. Rick in
6: Maryland. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Bobby and James. Really enjoy the show. Nice to talk to you. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm a mid-Atlantic owner, 34 years. And um, can you all tell me what you thought of the Miracle Wood stakes last week? All right. So you're talking about
1: Miss Harriet. Are you involved in uh, ownership of Miss Harriet?
6: No, miss Harriet didn't run in the miracle Wood. oh I'm sorry
1: that was in the uh, uh, wide country I'm sorry uh the miracle that's wood, right. w- miracle was the other the other race okay uh so before we get into this uh are you involved in the ownership uh of
6: speediness well i owned i own the horse the the horse that won the race was a horse named speediness Jamie Ness owned the horse but my horse point doom who was previously trained by baffert uh finished second by a little bit over a length when he stretched out from six furlongs to a mile so he ran a good race um but he didn't win the race so i guess my point is that i enjoy owning and i'm a modest Mid Atlantic owner, mm-hmm. but I've had good success. I mean, I claimed a horse this year in June. Brother Conway, who's nominated as the claim of the year in Maryland, um, but Uncaptured Storm, trained by Anthony Ferrier, will will win that. He was the National HPBA uh, Horse of the Year, Claimer of the Year, but. Um, I was just curious on your thoughts about the Miracle Wood, and I think we're going to run into private terms on the wage of the pretense.
1: All right, well, first of all, appreciate your call, Rick. And James uh, James and I, I, I think I can mm-hmm. speak for you, James. You know, we really appreciate owners in this business. This is not an easy game. And, you know, the, it, it, we, we make it sound like, you know, we throw money talk around out there like it's just absolutely nothing but the fact is that this is a game that is not for the meek and owners who uh, enjoy success in this game it's, it's not a majority by a long way and yeah. it, it sounds that you're like you're really having fun with it uh, especially with a horse like Point Doom so we appreciate you calling in and we appreciate everything that you and your colleagues do for this business that we love so much I thought Point Doom ran very well in the Miracle Wood. Now I don't know what kind of field it was. I know there were four horses that were all coming off wins. Speediness had that like twelve or fourteen length win last time out and um, figured to be tough and he, he made the lead before they got to the far turn and and cruised to win by I think like a length and a half. But the horses all coming off wins ran one, two, three, four in the race. And I don't James, I don't see any reason that point doom can't continue to improve uh, going forward in the private terms i you know whether or not you think he is a preakness type of horse I, I don't know i would say at this point he doesn't look like a horse who's fast enough to win the preakness especially when you're talking about horses like nysos and whoever wins the derby but he's a lightly raced three-year-old he's got plenty of improvement maybe left in him
2: yeah really a well-bred horse by Indomission, out of a malibu mare and uh, congratulations, Rick on your, you know, with both point doom and other horses and much continued success. You know, when he ran, when B- Bafford dropped him in on December 31st at Los Alamitos, he was three to five in that race and he won by 11 lengths. And I wonder how many people Rick had to, outshake to get him because he certainly ran big at six furlongs in his first start at Laurel. He stretched out to a mile. And like you said, speediness got the jump on him, but he ran, a, a, you know, he was a clear second. I thought it was a good effort and his pedigree would suggest longer uh, distances should be uh, up his alley.
1: Do they, do they still run the Federico Tessio? For I think that's
2: on, uh, that might be on, uh, that that might be closer to Preakness Day now or something. Okay, so that I, I...
1: that that's like an alternate for the for the for the horses, the, basically the Maryland-based horses. Although you don't have to be based in Maryland, but but basically for the Maryland-based runners who maybe are a step below the Preakness, they run in the Federico
2: Tesio. Yeah, like maybe on Friday, but I'm not positive about that because they have moved that race around. Um... As far as uh, the state schedule goes.
1: Okay, now, I'm, now you're getting me to look at the state schedule. <laughs> I know, I'm uh, looking it uh, up too. Yeah, and I mean, we got to go far, far off in the distance for this. Um, and I, I, I apologize, I don't have the Maryland. April
2: April 20th at Laurel uh, Park.
1: Okay, so, so it's the it, private it's... terms and then the Federico Tessio and then mm-hmm. the Preakness.
2: Right. But oh, a so race. The, what,
1: what else is there? Sir Barton?
2: Sir, Sir Barton, Barton. That's the race that – That's uh, the one. Yeah, that's the race that the horse that scratched – that Lucas horse that scratched out of the derby and enabled Rick Strike to get in off the AE list. He came back two weeks later and won that uh, race the day before the Breeders'
1: Okay. So if, if if Rick with point doing – is talking about going in the private terms next, which I believe is next month – and then he was talking about hopefully going in the Preakness, but obviously they could go in the Tesio before that if they really wanted to. Uh, and then they have options of the Preakness or the Sir Barton. I, I guess you have to—I mean, you have to get invited to the Preakness. I mean, um, the, you know, it's a—it's a maximum field of 14, and uh, horse who won the El Camino Real gets an automatic berth in the Preakness, and I think there might be one other one. Um, so uh, you know, it's—it's it's not a—it's not a given that you get to run in the preakness, but that's what they're pointing for.
2: Sure. And I mean, no reason not to, uh, no reason not to go for it off of that encouraging runner up effort.
1: Well, Rick, we really appreciate the call and uh, thanks so much. And I, I, I'm going to say it again, you know, the owners in this business are, listen, there are so many facets of this business that if it wasn't for that facet, the business couldn't survive. And unfortunately, and I'm not saying this about Rick, I'm just saying this in general, everyone thinks they're the most important facet of it. You know, if there were no racetracks, then we wouldn't have any racing. If there were no betters, then there'd be no money coming in and we'd be no racing. If there would be no breeders, there'd be no horses. If there were no owners, if there were no horses, you know, every, everything is uber important to this, this uh, like whole puzzle coming together and without getting too much on my soapbox james unfortunately we're in a we're in a business where uh nobody seems to care about anybody else and everyone thinks that if it wasn't for them that racing would be dead and the truth is if it wasn't for them the racing would be dead but it's every it's like five or six or seven different different things uh but i i I really appreciate i mean listen guys like rick are sounds like are having a very good time and he is in the minority by a long way this is this is a hard business to be successful in uh it you know you, you don't always get winners right away uh their uh daily training bills are expensive veterinary bills are expensive and then you have to hope the horses actually run well and and, and get you some purse money it's it is a real tough game.
2: And, oh, uh, yeah. There's uh, a thousand things that can go wrong, and uh, absolutely. But, hey, uh, I, I echo all that. Uh, I'm glad uh, Rick gave us a call and, and call us back in the future, Rick.
1: All right, James. Well, uh, I think it's a little bit too early for you and I to get too far ahead as far as talking about the private terms and the Sir Barton <laughs> and the Federico Tesio and uh, all the other great three-year-old races that they have throughout the year at Laurel but we've got some really big races coming up uh this weekend a lot of big points qualifiers and then uh uh, next weekend, we're going to head back out and uh, look at what's going on in the Tampa Bay Derby. Usually the Tampa Bay Derby brings together a lot of horses that ran in the Sam Davis in February. My first impressions of the Sam Davis were that uh, there weren't any real killers in the race. Uh, are you expecting a new shooter? Is there somebody I'm not thinking about that didn't run in the Davis that might run in the Tampa Bay Derby?
2: <clears throat> no, I'm missing it. Uh, who who is it?
1: I don't know, I because it, it's there for the taking, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't, the, the Davis just looked like an average field. I would think that if there's a really good three-year-old out there, Tampa Bay Derby might be the way to go. It's not the biggest purse of all the three-year-old races, but a lot of Kentucky Derby points on the line. That's going to wrap it up tonight on the brisnet.com call and show. Our thanks to all the callers and the listeners. Special thanks to our producer, Lee Della Pina, my co-host, James Scully. I'm Bobby Newman. Have a great night, everybody.